VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, Top Hat listeners, we're looking to get some sponsors for the show. So if you want to help us out, go to surveymonkey.com slash S slash Kissel. That's surveymonkey.com slash S slash Kissel. Fill out a quick survey. Really helps us out. Thank you very much. Now on with the show. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on Shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. All right, we're good to go. Welcome to the program, everybody. That's Marcus Parks. I'm Ben Kissel. Today's guest is Edward Larson. Yay, yay, it's me. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. Ha-ha. Oh, my God. And what a great nice time. Nice hat, Abraham Lincoln. It yeah. covers up the hole in your head. That's right. Well, I mean, not really. The, the hole was sort of in the back there. The top hat kind of rests just uh, ever so nicely on top the hole that Mr. Wilkes Booth. Don't go to the theater. <laughs> You know, that's really. Did the really... bullet stay in there, or did it pop out the front? The bullet stayed in, and then he uh, they they nursed him for a little while in a hospital bed. And he's like, "How am I doing?" And everyone's like, "You're looking great, Mister President. You're looking great." And then secretly, they're like, "Does he know he's about to die?" And they say, "No, no, no, absolutely not. Just keep on giving him encouragement." And uh, and then he died. Let me tell you another story before I die, please. <laughs> Will no, you Mr. just Lincoln, die? We've, we've heard enough stories, Mister Lincoln. <laughs> the movie's three hours long. Oh my God! We barely get to the war. <laughs> Lincoln the movie it's like I love it I was I really wanted to enjoy it more than I uh, ended up you're right it's just story after story after story and I'm like die it was great just die I Abe. liked his story I, I did like the, the stories too I love the entire movie it just felt yeah. like I was in the Hall of Presidents yeah I just can't look at uh, what's the name of the gale who Sally Field Sally Field mm. best Oscar God speech of damn, all time I'll fucking lick pudding out of her jam oh you're gonna lick pudding out of her jam good God Ed who knows what that even means? <laughs> Sounds saucy, and I'm fully aroused. You wouldn't believe how lonely I am this week. Manic week. It's yeah. been a it's been a rough week. Eddie, you came back at the perfect time. Ed Larson's been out of town for six weeks, and it feels like three years because we always make the joke about how Ed's going to die young. So uh, when you're out of town for six weeks, it feels like it's been three months because you only have half of a life cycle. Um, right. So everything is doubled up. But well, you it's a, technically it's a full life cycle, but ju- it's just mine. Yes, yeah, it's just a shorter one. Um, but you were hanging out in L.A. Uh, Jeff Ross, uh, of course, the roast master. You just got done working, um, helping out with some of the Bieber roast, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but really the most important thing, in my personal opinion, uh, is a Jeff Ross comedy special that's going to be coming out. When's it coming out, Ed? June 13th at 11 p.m. on Comedy Central. June 13th, 11 p.m., Comedy Central. Uh, Jeff Ross roasts a jail, and it's in Texas. What's the name of the jail? Brazos County Jail. And this is a, this is a legit place. I mean, these people were... Maximum security, baby. Right. And it is... Uh, we watched a couple of the clips. I think it's one of the most powerful uh, um, uh, comedy specials I've ever seen. This is going to put him on par with Johnny Cash when he did Folsom, and he brings up a lot of unbelievably relevant problems in the U.S. prison system in the only way that Jeff Ross can do it. He manages to make uh, skinheads laugh and acknowledge the fact that Nelson Mandela was a great man. Yeah. Uh, he, he was... Uh, it, it was Let's a, not give away all the jokes. I'm not... That wasn't even a giveaway of the joke. Uh, that, was a, uh, that was a statement about a joke that occurred. It wasn't the joke. I didn't give away the joke. Well, yeah, one of the punchlines, but that's fine. Oh, come on, Eddie. I mean, you know, still working on it for six months. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, fine. Whatever. What I'm saying is Ed Larson is a producer on it, and uh, that experience must have been so fascinating to actually go. What was your first day like when you went to the jail and you realized that you were in a legit prison situation? It was. Uh, I was oddly perturbed. Uh, uh, you were perturbed? Well, I, I was. You let me finish the sentence. Oh, okay. I was oddly perturbed how little I was searched. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit oddly perturbed about that too. But uh, you know, they they trusted us. They knew what we were doing, and uh, no guns were allowed inside the jail. They had these lock boxes, oh, which is kind of weird. You, were, you know, the the guards would be walking around outside, or the jailers rather. And uh, before they go into the jail, they have this lock box that's outside, and you got to put your gun in there before you walk inside. Even so, the uh, the prison guards themselves they have, they're not armed at all. 
Uh, no, they have like a little stick and some mace, but that's it. So uh, what was what was it like? I know when I got down to the tombs, I helped this fella go through the turnstile. We know that story already. I was down there Frankie in the tomb. Frankie Z. Frankie Z, a great guy, and I deserve to go to jail because I had an outstanding warrant, and I served my time, time served, and if I don't get in any trouble for the next two months, my record is expunged, Yeah, which also sounds like how I would describe my body, expunged. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the odor of the tombs in New York City was yeah. so strong it was so dominant it was like nothing I've ever smelt it was it's 2% milk farts mm-hmm. uh, because that's all they do is serve people 2% milk Oof. and then everyone just kind of sits there and stews in their own vomit their urine and uh, and, 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 and milk burps is that what my problem is 2%'s my brand <laughs> oh yeah 2%'s one of the worst you can do you're getting Why? all the lactose you're getting all the gas you're getting all the fat you want to go skim or soy oh I'm not doing that how about whole Whole is literally liquid butter. It's so good. Yeah, I know. I drink whole. Whole. How are you so skinny then, Marcus? <laughs> I don't know. What happened to me? <laughs> Why? I can't even. I can't even look at whole milk without gaining five pounds. Everybody's body is different. What did jail smell like? Jail smelled like bleach and piss. You know, I, it, yeah. like it's that. It's crazy. I mean, there's guys showering in front of you at all times. All mm-hmm. the bathrooms are completely open in this particular jail. Right. And because it's uh, kind of like a communal living situation. Where they had some cells for the more violent people or the newer people where they didn't know how they were going to act. So you had to spend like one or two days in a place with just one cellmate. Mm-hmm. But then there's uh, the, everyone else is kind of in this communal area, even the violent offenders in this jail. When I went to jail in Tallahassee, the, the violent offenders were in cells and the nonviolent were in a communal area. Here, pretty much everyone's in a communal area. And... Uh, and they, the really, the really, really violent people or the crazy people, they like, they're like put away. They're just, they're just hidden. Are they in segregated cells? Or are these the people in isolation? Uh, yeah, those people are in isolation. Yeah. They're right next to solitaire. So when you walk into jail, you see everybody in, in, in you know, showering publicly. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, the dicks are all out. The, you know, they're they're washing their buttholes in front of each other. What uh, mindset did you find these uh, people in jail had? Because you're broken. That's the whole point of the institution. You go in there. You you take your, your clothes off. You're immediately strip searched. You're squatting down. You're showing people your most private parts, and they and they're very cold and very aggressive. What would you say was the average mindset of the person in jail? Were they resigned to their fate? Were they full of rage? You know, it was. They were all oddly kind. To be uh, completely honest, I think we were. They were so relieved that we were. They were having a, a break from their day. A break, uh, you know, something to break up the monotony. Yeah. Uh, someone to talk to. Someone to be honest about. Uh, I had to. I did a lot of pre-interviewing people. Where I'd be like, I'd interview them, and I'd be like, Jeff, this guy's interesting. Let's talk to him. Or Jeff, don't talk to this guy. He's fucking me. <laughs> what was uh, so? What was we have to get into who the craziest person was? But what was your uh, original approach when it came to interviewing people? How do you extend your hand, um, you know, to uh, to people who are perceived as I extremely usually, dangerous? I mean, I saw the footage. These are these are straight up locked up raw. Uh, looking individuals. Unless they put their hand out to me, I didn't shake their hand until the conversation was over. Usually, okay. Uh, I didn't want to see. I wanted to seem nice, but I didn't want to seem soft. Right. You know, and so you got to kind of go in there and grill them a little bit, and just like start asking them questions. And if they act fucked up, you just walk away and pretend like they don't. You know, they don't matter. They don't exist. Right. Which is a uh, you know because you don't want to you know cause any problems, especially when there's like we had women with us. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, which was crazy. One of them got uh, beat off at. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of them I got beat off at, and then uh, she took it well. Well, that's great. Yeah. I mean, it, well, how else are you going to take it? You have to. You're in a prison, man. You got to fucking roll with the punch. Yeah, yeah, the I prison know. or the G train or the seven train. Mm. Really, any train in New York City. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'll get jacked off on a regular basis. But you know, I they're all you know. You talk to them and they're like normal. I talked to this one guy. He's 53 years old, owns his own business. He's a mechanic. He just got lazy with paying his parking tickets, and he had to do 30 days. Right. And uh, he was in with the violent offenders because when he was 20, he got in a fight. Right. You know, and so and they held on to his record for 30 years, and then he got put with the violent people, and he's just sitting there trying to, like, go out with his, uh, you know, just trying to run his whole time out. And then He po- got out the day after the show, which I thought was great. I'm like, so I was like, oh, you're actually going to have a... Nice last night in jail. Yeah, you got to see the <laughs> Jeff Ross special for free. It's amazing, and that plays into the narrative that we've been talking about. The one thing about the Department of Justice, when the Ferguson report came out, obviously the conservatives were happy because it turns out Michael Brown didn't have his hands up, and the uh, the liberals were happy because it turns out that these uh, you know these officers are just using people as an extra tax, and it mostly yeah. is people who get caught up in these small petty like the violations that I went to jail for for the open container warrant. Yeah, uh, you know it's, it's these, all complete bullshit. It's man. all bullshit. It, you, 
no one should be going to jail for that. Right. There's no reason for it. It's costing the country way too much money, and it's making them into shittier human beings. Right. And there's no way you can convince me otherwise. What was uh, what was the one thing that you could say that uh, you were absolutely shocked by uh, when you walked in there first? Was there anything? Because I, what was your thought process before going into jail? Before before I actually walked in, I was kind of scared and I was nervous. And as soon as I got in there, I was like, oh, this is fine. And what did you see when you got in there that made you feel like it was fine? Uh, the fact that everyone wasn't being threatening. You know, they would be, they would act a little tough, but you just look at them up and down. I mean, granted, I'm a bigger dude right. and shit, but, you know, you just look at them up and down and they're, you know, they're human beings, man. And if you treat them like that, they're going to treat you like that. If you come at them and you start accusing them and shit and you right. telling them how bad they are, then maybe, yeah, you're going to piss all them off. You're going to piss them off. Because right. I would get pissed off too. Yeah. You know, but once you start acting like, a, you know, treating them like human beings and you start uh, behaving in a, in a friendly manner to them, they're going to act the same way back to you. Right. And it's just, it's human nature. And it, they're not, you because know, the thing is, a lot of these people are very unstable. But in inside jail, they're on their meds, they're not doing okay. drugs. You know, so inside they're sober and they're dried up, but as soon as they get out, you know, they're going to, as soon as they relapse, you know, the whole thing's fucked. Uh, how much do you think would, uh, would you say, uh, how prevalent was mental illness? I mean, shit, man. I mean, I mean, extremely prevalent. It's a, you know, it, mental illness is extremely prevalent around this whole entire country. Right. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, people in jail and out of jail. It's just, you know, over-medicated, under-medicated, you know, I, they're all fucking crazy. We're crazy. You know, you hey man, I'm not crazy. I haven't been manic for 48 hours. I'm not suicidal right now. <laughs> we had a conversation. All right, we're doing fine. <laughs> All right. So, um, the one great thing about comedy is obviously laughter is released with the breaking of tension. Can you describe what the feeling of the jail was? Was there a super? Uh, was it was it very tense between the guards and the prisoners? Was was the you know obviously when you go to jail, a lot of times you're not a racist, but when you're in jail, you have to sort of join a group. Was was there racial tension, class tension? What was the mood? Dude, there was no racial tension except from the fucking white supremacists. Shocking. Everybody was fucking hanging out. White guys were hanging out with black guys. Mexicans were hanging out with white guys. Everyone's talking. Everyone's having a good time. Everyone's playing basketball together. Yeah. It didn't fucking matter, man. It was so... I expected to see a lot more, but it's like you interview, and I was like, no, nah, man, we're from the same town. We know each other. We grew up together. Right. You know, it's more of... I think it's more when you get to fucking prison. When people have no hope, when people are like, oh, I'm here for 30 years, I better team up with people who are like me. And then, you know, and then when you get to that kind of stage, when you get to prison, we were in a maximum security jail, right? you know, county jail. But once you get to prison, I mean, they're separating you on purpose. You know, they're segregating yeah. you because right. they're scared of what you're going to do. And so you're not only being segregated by the inmates and their racial tension by uh, the other incarcerated people, you're also being, uh, you know, separated and being by, uh, segregated by the man, by the government and by the, the jailers. So what was your interaction like with the uh, with the prison guards? Did you find them to, uh, to be polite? I know when I went down in the tombs, um, their sense of humor, it's... Uh, it's about as, uh, as as gallows humor as it gets. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Everyone, they all love dark humor down there. Everyone, guards, the inmates, everybody. And, uh, you know, the guards were great to me because I wasn't someone they had to yell at. You know, right. so it wasn't, you know, I never had to deal with anything. You know, some of the guards, I would say about 5% of the guards are people who shouldn't be prison guards. And why do you say that? Because they didn't fucking do anything. You know, they just sat there and like there was chaos, you know, and then there was, but then there's other people like we had this uh, one chick who brought us around Waller, uh, Officer Waller. She was wonderful. Tiny little thing. Uh, I'd say five, three. Uh, and she would, she was in charge, man. Yeah. She fucking ran that shit. Cute as a button, you know, and she just screaming at people. You know, it was, it was wonderful. I felt completely safe with this tiny, tiny chick behind me. She could have whooped all of our asses. Right. She's just one of those chicks. They had said they had some kind of, uh, they had one incident where they all had to get in riot gear and they were all like messing with her because they were, they were like, don't come. And she was like already in the gear before everybody else <laughs> just fucking ready to go and shit. And it this happened wonderful. during, well, while you were there, there was no, a riot gear situation. No, when I I was there the whole time was peaceful everyone had to behave themselves for 30 days in order to come to the show right and so everyone was so excited for the show 
The whole thing was about the show. There's posters of Jeff all over the jail. Behave yourself. Come to the show. You know, and stuff like that. You know, come see the Roastmaster. And so right. we're walking down the halls. You just hear, Roastmaster! You know, shit <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. It was fucking bizarre, man. You just sit, we walk in with cameras. People were just in there getting their hair cut so they look good in the audience and stuff like that. It was wild. I mean, if you're if you're a uh, person, uh, you know, in charge of this jail, it seems like having them getting... Uh, you know, Having this as a reward is is pretty perfect guarantee that you're going to have good behavior for at least a month. Absolutely, and everyone and afterwards it was even better. We I feel like we solidified relationships with the guards and the and the inmates. Right. You know they were. It would, by the way, I keep saying guards and inmates, but it's jailers and incarcerated person. You know so, but I can't ever figure out how to change my vocabulary. That's fine. You know, but uh, that's, that's what you're supposed to be saying. Jailers because, and incarcerated persons. Incar- well, in- inmate is a thing. Right. You know, an incarcerated person makes you remember that they're you're, it's a human being that you're taking care of, that right. you're watching over a human. You're not, you know, it's not a number. It's not a, not something I can just fucking take and toss into a shitter. You know, you got to, you know, you have to be able to you realize you're dealing with people. Was that, that's one of the things, you know, people forget that they are people. I mean, obviously it goes back to that experiment, whatever that university was. where the Stanford. The Stanford experiment where the, the, the students were split into guards and prisoners and the uh, and the guards uh, d- destroyed uh, their classmates uh, because they got into their head. What was the most humanizing thing about jail? Did they do, did they have any attempt to, uh, to yeah, reconfirm the, the, the faith in humanity in these people? Did you see any re-education? Did you see any, like, um, we went to a good jail. Yeah. We went to a jail that is responsible and takes care of their uh, their inmates. And uh, m- most places are not like the place we went to. Uh, they care about their inmates there. They care about everyone who's there. You know, it's all... It, it's so, but... When you go to every other joint, like we were supposed to do it at Tent City, and they do not care about people in there. No, they torture them. You know, Joe Arpaio is a piece of shit. Yes, he is. You know, and uh, he they pulled the rug out f- from under us. We went and visited. You know, we met with Joe twice. We were ready to go. I mean, he. I think what happened was. He, well, he tried to sue Obama, and then Obama's like, all right, well, now you're, we're indicting you for racial profiling. How about that? Sheriff Joe you know, and, then they're like, and then they're like, okay, now the show's canceled. It's like, fuck. You yeah. know, why don't try to sue the president, you idiot? <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> you're not going to win. Uh, it's an uphill battle, Sheriff Joe. Yeah, Sheriff but, Joe Arpaio is a, fella, uh, is a felon who should be imprisoned. He, uh, yeah, he takes, uh, he, always, he has like a vacancy sign outside of the jail. Then there's the no part that he never lights up because he looks at us, we're in the desert, I'll just keep expanding defenses and build more tents. Right. He wants people in jail. Yes, Joe Arpaio is the problem with this country. Joe Arpaio is a fascist. You know, he wants maximum sentencing for everybody. Yep. And he wants famous people to be locked up in his jail because he wants the press to come in and he makes them, he, he tortures them. everyone there. He humiliates the mm-hmm. prisoners. Uh, he makes them wear pink underwear. Uh, he makes all their bed sheets pink. And they, he, he claimed it was he's, because he, they were stealing the white underwear. Right. But no, and he does it because he's trying to humiliate everybody. A- absolutely. And of course he treats them uh, very similar to what uh, Jonestown, very similar to what Mr. Jones did. He just speaks over a loudspeaker on a daily basis whenever he wants to. Mm-hmm. These people are out in the hot sun uh, in Arizona living a terrible life. It's cruel and unusual, and uh, and they're in there for the petty crimes like you were discussing earlier with they not paid traffic tickets. They are literally sleeping dirt floors and scorpions crawling up their bedsides. It's insane. It's so, crazy. It is so, I don't know how it's legal. Right. I don't know how it's, it's like Mexican jail. In the middle of Arizona. In Phoenix. It's a big city. Right. It's a huge place. There's millions of people there. Phoenix is top 10 populated cities in the, uh, on, uh, in America. You know, and there's no reason for, you know, why is this going unlooked? The it's way crazy. He's, the way he's, but that's why I'm glad we went to the jail we went to and not there. Because if we would have went there, it would have been like, fuck all this, fuck all that. Right. But we're in this other one where we see them being, where we see the inmates being treated well. And where it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, get better, man. You know, like fucking do your time and right. don't come back. And man, woof, do you talk, you know, recidivism, that fucking word. You know, the what's going on with that is just utterly ridiculous. Explain what you mean. A recidivism, you know what that is? Uh, it basically, that's the return rate of prisoners. Right. Uh, and it is at 42% in America, I think, like that. So basically, everyone who goes to jail. Uh, 42% come back at some point in their life. You're talking to people who are, you know, just casually, like, yeah, I got 36 priors. And you're like, what? Right. 36? He's, so they've been to jail 36 times? That or? guy in particular, yeah. And it's then you talk to economy. other people, and it's just like, you know, he's he's like, he keeps getting arrested for driving with a suspended license. And he's like, right. I've been arrested 10, 20 times. I can't even keep track anymore. It was literally what he said. 
And you're just like, that's fucking insane. Well, first of all, I know the number amount of times I've been in jail. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. but, but you know, it's just you can't believe it. It's just like I, he, he keeps driving because he's got to go to work. Right. And if he, and he's got to go to work so we can pay, pay his fines right. that he's been getting for jail. And then he keeps getting more fines because he keeps getting arrested because he's driving to work. Granted, right. he's stupid. He should get a bus pass. Sure. You know, but <laughs> you know, it's such a a victimless crime. If right. he's driving drunk, that's a different thing. But if he's just driving with a suspended license because he can't afford to pay his fines, let the man make some money. You know, right. let him let him get better. You know, they're they're keeping they're stepping on these people's well, laws and it's got nothing to do with the actual jailers. It's got everything to do with the lawmakers and the way they want to keep people in jail to make money off them. And once you get exactly. into once you get into the prison system rather than the jailing system, it's a whole nother can of worms. What are your thoughts on the notion and I think it's a it's a fact. Uh it's the slave economy, mm-hmm. right? These are oh, these are the new these are the new indentured servants. I mean, it is. I yeah. mean, we've talked about it together on this show before, right. which is before we even thought to do this. Uh, prison special is just it is. I can't believe how real it is. Right? You could buy stock in yeah. prisons. It's unbelievable in private prisons. Mm-hmm. The Clintons own stock in private prisons. Yeah, and like you want to look bad at them, but it's like no, they're making money every fucking year. It's seventy five billion dollars a year we spend on prisons. That is the real statistic. We spend I think one sixteen on education. That's it is, crazy. I think it, it is about $98,000 per inmate per year. It depends. Uh, that's that how it, but in pay. Texas, it's 24000 okay. But in New York, it's like 300000 Right, right, You know, right. it's because of, which is what so ridiculous. Was, uh, what was the motivation for you uh, and Jeff going into it? What was what was one of, because, you know, Jeff. Well, we, we had a meeting. We didn't know what the special was going to be about. Okay. And uh, basically, it was based off of the burn. And when the burn didn't get review, renewed and, we, and uh, Jeff got the special, we're like, well, we got to do something important with this because that right. was the best part of the burn. We went and talked to uh, highly sensitive people, and we taught yeah. teachers how to shoot guns and stuff like that, you know. But so we wanted to do something that matters. And we're like, all right, what matters to us? What's fucked up right now? And so we all mm-hmm. sat around and like, violence in America. And we're like, yeah, that's it. We're gonna do violence in America. I'm like, all right, where do you film it? And like a prison. And like, okay, now it's a prison special. Okay, you know. So it's just you know, we, we totally skipped over the violence in America and went straight. Once you start learning about how f- all the faults of the prison system. And what we're doing here right now, it is, it, it just needs to be scrapped and restarted, and it's impossible to do, and there's no way to fix it, and it's broken, and it's so sad to watch what these people have to go through. And I know they're bad people, and some are bad, some are good, some are bad, some are good. I mean, you know, but like a lot of them, you, know, I hate when people are like, "Oh, you're glorifying people with crime," and you know, people that did the wrong thing, and it's like, no, you're not. You're sticking up for them, man, because they're getting tortured, and while they're in there getting tortured, they're becoming meaner, shittier human beings, mm-hmm. and poorer, by the way, you know, and their families are starting to resent them, and it's all because you know, you give you know three strikes and you're out. Of course, their family's gonna right. hate them. They're not even giving a chance. Well, I. Do you think there's a lot more attention being brought to the prison system? Because obviously, right now we have 2.5 million people in prison, and so on any given more day, more people than live in Jamaica. Um, we have is, the, it's higher than that. the population of Jamaica. <laughs> I love that. It's just more people than live in Jamaica. All right. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's insane. It's more than a, it's more than an entire popular country. I'll, I'll, <laughs> how I'll many people it. we have in jail? 25 percent of all the people in jail in the world are in America. Yes, that's just America. Five percent of the world's population, 20 percent of the prisoners. Yeah. Um, we, uh, I would almost equate it to uh, to, to uh, orientation, mm-hmm. gay. Um, the reason that uh, the gay rights movement has is, is become so um, active and I think winning, and rightfully so, is because everybody has a family member who is gay. Yeah. An uncle, a niece, a father, a mother, a brother, or themselves. Um, and now it seems like everybody who knows somebody who is in trouble with the law and they're seeing it from the inside and uh, because it's just so prevalent now. So I think we're starting to get a lot more focus on the prison system because it's a disgusting subject. Like you're saying, it smells like t- uh, 2% milk, farts, and bleach. Yeah. You know, nobody. it's, it's, it's not sexy. Well, the problem so, with that, though, is that the people in like where he's in, uh, I guess as far as the gay rights movement goes, like gay knows no class division. It knows sure. no, it doesn't know economy. But with the right. prison system, the people that are higher up, the people that are in power, they don't have the cousin in jail. They don't have the brother in jail. So that's not going to get extended to yeah. them. I they're not going to. They're that, not yeah. going to fucking notice. Yeah, man. And like, that's a, that's a common thing. I said it a million times that I, it's another thing that I've gotten in arguments with people about because it's like, do you know? First of all, do you know there's more black men in jail right now than there were slaves? 
That's a fact. And that is one of the craziest things I've ever heard. And when someone told me that, they were talking about how it's racism and everyone's just black men. It's black men. It's like, no, it's poor people. It's classism because lots and lots of white people are going to jail. 43% of all black people before they're uh, between 13 and 80 will go to jail. Dudes, yeah. 38% of white men will do the same. So it's not that much different. It really right. isn't. Well, so, I mean, they make it's, up it's 15% the, of the population and uh, the it's vast the, majority of the prison population. So it's in that the way, poor it's, that are going to jail is my point. It's, right, it's, right. It's classism, which is what you were saying. Mm. And it's, you know, the poor have been constantly being brought down in this country, uh, you know, to the point where they got to commit crimes to stay alive. You know, between, you know, it's it, you can break it down in any way you want. You right. know, you could say it's the public schools. You could say it's bank fees, uh, you know, charging people up the ass and making them, you know, like not either draining their bank accounts every time they pull out $10 or go to McDonald's. Well, you have an idea. And uh, we were talking about it yesterday, Eddie, and I think it's a funny idea. It's, well, it's not. I think it's. I think it's plausible. The idea of actually paying uh, a minimum wage to people who work in prison. That yeah. When they get out of prison, they have a bank account they that they money. can go and they can actually set up a life. Yeah, yeah. You're not taking someone out of solitary confinement who's been there for two years, which is you know completely unreasonable. You know, in uh, in. Uh, Germany, you can only be in solitary confinement for up to 14 days the entire year. So we're worse than the Germans on this. <laughs> Germans, German jail system is beautiful. It is really well constructed. Uh, people don't really get locked up forever unless they're animals. Uh, their crime rates are much lower than us because of that. Their return rate is astronomically different they let them out on the weekend sometimes when they're going towards the end yeah. of their schedule so they can at uh, the end of their uh sentence and so they can go and they can hang out with their families and they can be around and they can be a present parent and a loving husband so when they come out their their families don't hate them and, and, they, and they're, they're building relationships and you know what only one percent of people don't return you know why because they're scared of losing their privilege to leave Right, and so the, everyone comes back, and everyone behaves themselves, and they all got TVs in their cells. It's tough, and they're being treated well, and they earn it. They yeah. they they work they work while they're in jail, and they get paid for it, and they buy the things themselves. They pay rent for their jail cell. That's how you make it all work. The way that I blame the evangelical movement on Jimmy Carter because he was the first evangelical president ever elected, and he's the one who made that coalition that turned into the Reagan coalition that Ted Cruz is so desperately wanting to get right now. I blame uh, Dukakis uh, in Massachusetts for being the last last politician who's ever going to um he is the example of what being soft on crime looks like well the willie the horton Will thing exactly the willie horton ad this man who was in prison he, he got out on a work release program he ended up mm -hmm. uh raping and murdering a woman and uh, they used it against him and ever since then it is a it is an impossible political position for a politician to have uh that you can even be remotely sensible when it comes to uh prison reform how you you can't get out of a you can't get out of a primary uh you know if you have any sort of rationale about it what would be something um what was the thing when you guys were doing the research on this this was not the first jail that you guys uh, spoke with in texas you, we spoke, you reached we spoke out, to 150 different jails and this was the only one that let us inside what was your experience dealing with the jail how was the bureaucracy uh how was it clunky what what, what was the reaction like a lot to of, you a lot of them were just scared of what we were going to expose Okay. And this jail that we went to had nothing to hide. They do everything by the book, and everything was really cool. You know, and they, they treat everyone well there. Sketchiest it's, jail that you guys talked to? I mean, Tent City. Yeah. Tent City by far. I mean, it's evil. It's, you know, it's pure madness out there. It's Wild West. It's crazy. You might as well be hanging people out front in that place. Yeah, he would he would love to do it. Oh, if he, would, if he was allowed, he'd love it. Absolutely. That's where they got uh, jo Jody Arias. Ah. It's in a tent city. Oh, I didn't know that she was there. Yeah, yeah. I might yeah. try to get over there. <laughs> I love that woman. She seems like she'll kill me, like she did her last man. Oh man, do you see those fucking pictures? It's so. She's beautiful. Uh, no, not the pictures of her. The ones of her murdering the naked man. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. What was uh, did did uh, did Jeff feel like? Well, you guys were putting this on. Obviously, extremely stressful. It is not an easy uh, place to produce a show. Um, did he feel like it was going to be uh, as socially impactful as I think it's going to be? Does, is, is I mean, we all kept saying that to him, and he, he felt it, but after, like, now that it's done and watching the footage and now that we're in the editing stage, uh, I, I really don't have any problem saying that this is one of the most 
insane comedy specials that will ever exist. Yeah. You know, even if someone tries to do it again, it's not going to be like this because the one power that Jeff has over most comedians is that he could talk to anybody. Right. Everybody likes him. Yeah. You know, and he can relate to every human. And if they are being shitty, he has this weird power where he can just he can just be honest with them and be like, hey, no, nah, I don't think you did steal baby formula. You know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, the baby formula excuse. Man, oh, I get yeah. that in my neighborhood all the time. I love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, you stole baby formula and jewelry. Yeah. So, yeah. You <laughs> well, to, you know, I was there. They had one joke where we had the, I think we cut out, or it's just like, uh, she, some girl was like, I stole baby formula. And then uh, he's like, what? He's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so, would you steal it from another baby? <laughs> Any anti-Semitism? Quite Jewish-looking individuals. I mean, you know, it, it it was ridiculous with the Nazis, but there wasn't that many of them. You know, there was only like three or four. And yeah. then a couple guys who hung out with them, they were oddly peaceful. I think they were only peaceful because they were powerless in there. And right. t- for some reason, I thought that was going to be a bigger thing. Out west, it's a lot bigger. We what were, do you mean? What, what's a bigger thing? Uh, the you know uh, Nazis. And, oh, you know, I see. Yeah, yeah, skinheads sure. and shit like that. Uh, but there was only I think only four that I ran into inside the Brazos County Jail. But so if these, we would have went to Oregon, it would have been like seventy five percent white uh, biker skinheads. Yeah, shit. Oregon's oh, okay. fucking ridiculous. So are these just people that committed crimes within Brazos County? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. That's all it is. It's people being held before they go to prison. Right. Or uh, they're, you know, just have shorter sentences. And Huntsville is, yeah, it's real close, right? And Huntsville's where the federal prison is, isn't there? I believe so. I don't know. We didn't talk to them. Oh, of course not. No. Did you uh, run into any college kids? Because I know uh, College Station where Texas A&M is, that's in Brazos County. No, there was a lot of youngsters in there, man. There were 18-year-old kids with fucking Justin Bieber haircuts. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing in here, man? Right. It's like, go home. Well, well, I think it, they would want to, Eddie. They, no, there's but, yeah, someone telling them they can't. Yeah, I know, but it's just, it's so bizarre to me when people fuck yeah. up. and then But then you meet some of them, and you're just like, you're an idiot. I want to beat this shit out Creepiest of you. Creepiest person you met. Creepiest person we met. I mean, okay, yeah. Um, Sticks. His name was Sticks? <laughs> Birth yeah. name or uh, given? Well, it was an Asian guy who's up oh. for uh, murder. Uh, his name's Six. Uh, they they call him Six because of chopsticks. Mm. <laughs> Racist. And uh, and uh, he was very calm, and you know, but he. I don't know if you heard about this. The Texas Tech professor that got hacked up into a bunch of pieces uh, a couple years ago, uh, and then he also went after his. Uh, he was an adopted, and the Texas Tech professor was his neighbor, and he stalked him, and he went in his house, and he chopped him up into pieces, and he started cutting up his wife, but she lived somehow. And now he's in jail, and that guy's going to get the death penalty. Okay, so when you met this person... I, I he was so a- quiet. And I was like, what are you doing in here? And he's just pacing around, just being calm. And then once you found out his crime, you're like, oh, you're a psychopathic killer. And you and did you get that, <laughs> did you get that aura from him? I, my yes. mother started doing foster care when I was 12 years old. My first to- foster brother... Um, was uh, molest- he was he covered in hairpiece and uh, his, his father was a molester and I, I met his dad one time and my mom never told me what uh, his father had done and I'll never forget shaking this man's hand I'm still upset with my mother for allowing me to do it um, but I got there was there's there's a, an aura about true disgusting human beings yeah did you, you get it. that sense from him like were, did you feel dirty just even being in the same room because so oh, he's people- broken human yeah. yeah I mean I don't even know if he's broken because I don't know if he was ever right Right. You know, like, I don't think he was ever made correctly. That guy was just... You know, some people are killers. Right. You know, James Holmes is a killer. He's always going to be a killer. You know, it's like those people are sick animals that I believe in a death penalty. Kill those people, get them off the earth. What's for you- someone who sticks up for prisoners, sometimes you got to get rid of evil people. That's my personal belief. Yeah. And then, you know, but isn't you can't a, say fate, kill everybody. But isn't a fate worse than uh, isn't isn't a fate worse than death to uh, be in jail? Absolutely. In my opinion, yeah. So what's the point of the death penalty? It's also very expensive. Save money. But no, it's very expensive to kill people. It's more expensive to kill people than it is to house them for their entire lives. It, the it, appeals it, process. It's, the appeals it's, process. Exactly. Yeah. It goes yeah. on for 20, 25 years. I mean, the whole thing is fucking, like I said, the whole thing's broken. I mean, we know if this guy fucking killed him, killed somebody, you know, it, it's, he, if there's any shadow of a doubt, the man shouldn't be uh, con- convicted to death, in my opinion. But, you right. know, people who, like James Holmes, he, we should shoot him in the head today and just be done with it. It should just be over. In my personal opinion, that's just 
done. End it. Why yeah, are we no. going through this whole fucking process? Oh yeah, because you. Got, I mean, you. When you have someone like James Holmes, you have an, a way to study someone like that. Yeah. You study them. You see what makes them tick, and you maybe uh, prevent it from happening again. What about the idea that the state shouldn't be putting anybody to death? I mean, I don't agree with it personally, uh, but. If that's what makes it work eventually, then let's then let's do it. I'm willing to try anything at this point, you know, just to make it a better place, make the jail, yeah. make jails a better place. Because you're we're making we're making people. I know I said this just like this earlier, but when you release someone poor who has a criminal past, and when they right. go to jail and they just learn what they did wrong by committing their crime and the way they got caught, and you're just abused while you're in jail by people who are free, then you're going to come out and you're going to hate free people. Yes. You know, but if you go in there and you get a comedy show every once in a while and you're treated like a human being and you're taught how to be an auto mechanic and you get your GED and you're getting the opportunity to go on the internet and get a fucking Phoenix online degree and oh, you're wow. promised a chance to uh, you know become a better person and you walk out of there with money in your pocket that you earn from work then maybe you're not going to go fucking rob another liquor store. You know, right. maybe you have a basis to work on where you can better your life. And if you start doing drugs again and you st- you're still an animal, well, that person's a fucking animal. But right now, we're not even letting us find out who those people are because we're just putting it, giving everyone no choice. Something you learned. Something I learned? Yeah. Something you had no idea until you experienced it that, that now you just know is a fact. I mean, I, I thought jails were much more racist than they are. Yeah. From someone who was even in one uh, at one point in my life for four days. Uh, I couldn't believe how much everyone just stuck together and hung mm. out. Uh, you're looking at tables. I looked at a table one time. There was a white guy, a Mexican guy, a Chinese guy, and a black guy. It's the all, cover- sitting, all sitting at the table, eating food, playing dominoes. And you're just like, what? Just, I never even, I didn't see this in my high school. Yeah. You know, it, it's because well, like, they're all getting beaten down and they're all right. on the same side at this point. You know, and like that one guy said, he's like, we all grew up together. We all know each other. We went to high school together. Why should I hate him? It's the, you know, it's it's great. It's I couldn't believe how nice everyone was. It's the ultimate purpose of comedy, to humanize the people who we have dehumanized for so long and to give exposure to people who are, uh, you know, currently in the shadows. This was, do you think this is, um, is there anything done in, is there any ever been anything done in comedy like this jail special? I mean, well, Paul Rodriguez had a jail special in the 90s. Monique did one from a women's prison. That's right. Okay. Uh, But those were different because they kind of just went and did their material. You know? And like, we wrote a brand new hour for jail. About jail. Right. You know? And we talked to the, the the inmates directly. We brought him on stage. At one point, Jeff had eight inmates behind him on stage while he's busting off jokes on each one of them. And you know that's a crazy, scary situation. Even like all of us were on on our heel, on our toes when that was going on because that was just like at any point he could have been swallowed up before any of us could have gotten there. Violence in jail. Are there enough guards to uh, to stop that from happening? Uh, no, people are just gonna fight. You know, you yeah. lock someone up in a small area. You know, they're they're animals too. You know, it's a, it's instincts. Yeah, you're gonna fight. Event. There's gonna be fights. Did Jeff have any reservations about any jokes that were uh, that he said? Uh, yeah, you know, but we'll, we just cut them. You know, we had this one joke about Ray Rice, and then at the end of it, it's like, well, you know, we don't want to do a, a women beating joke in front of women beaters. Right, right, right. You know, right. so it's just, you know, so that joke got cut last minute. Okay. Like, day before the show, we're like, all right, we're not going to do that. You know, right, because I mean, like, it's difficult. Uh, it, 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 it's a very um, eggshell situation because obviously you don't want these prisoners to like you too much because mm-hmm. then you're perceived as on the side of, uh, of, like you were saying, some very violent human beings who have done some terrible things. Oh, yeah, and they come looking for you when they get out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or they come to your show when he plays Texas. No, exactly. No, that's what I'm saying. It's like, oh, you're my best friend, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love you, man. You were so good to me, man. I'm with you forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do you think this was the most important show that these people have ever seen? Absolutely. I mean, I, I had the, the, the last second we did a two show for the men and one show for the women okay and how uh, are the women but let's talk about the women a little bit sure best audience best audience best audience they were you know what that was the saddest part of the whole thing why because they're women man i don't know i'm a softie when they're mothers and their mothers you know they all had two 
daughters. They all had two kids. Right. They're in there. They just yearning for the touch of a man. You know, they grab your hand and just hold it so softly, and just like they just need it. They need any kind of embrace they can they can get because they don't even they haven't touched. I mean, like granted, the dudes and the women, whatever. I don't feel bad for them on that account, just because I know what it's like to go a long time without touching a woman. You know, but uh, yeah. you know, but I you know for them, just like. I don't know. It's just something so sad, and they're just different. So- in what's the difference in cultures? You know, how, when you walk into a male prison, what are you expecting to see as opposed to when you walk into a female prison? Well, or jail. Well, the, dif- well, the difference the that I we spent more time with the men. I didn't go interact with the women uh, inside where they were living. Uh, the men, we did that. Uh, the women, we just put on a show, and then I interviewed a couple of them afterwards. Any violent women offenders? Or yeah. Yeah. What, what, was, what was one of the crazier gals? Just uh, assault, stories? you know, a yeah. lot of assault, a lot of beating up other women and stuff like that, right. and you know, doing it publicly. I guess racially, demographic wise, same. Yeah. Uh, Mostly I, black. I, I, no, yeah. uh, it's I'd say it, it's like thirty, 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 man. Okay, and then uh, you know, like one Oriental. <laughs> and one what? One Oriental. Oh, okay. Hey, if there's only one, I don't have to worry about saying it right. <laughs> I want to talk, because uh, you have this personal experience with these people now. The one thing that is really underexposed when it comes to our prison system is the extension. We talked a little bit about it. That was sort of my uh, reference with the gay situation, uh, that we all have family members. It breaks up families. So we have the black yeah. community right now, and people yeah. talk about how, oh, fatherless kids, and they, and they blame it. There is a vicious cycle where we tear families apart and then we blame that the the group of people that we've torn apart from their families for not being there for their families mm-hmm. you yeah. know so what was you did you get into any of that what was the overall like was there a sense that these people were just in mourning for the loss of everyone they loved yes uh there's people you meet you know there's this one guy who almost made me cry. Why? And his name was Insane. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's covered in tattoos. Yeah, 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 yeah. And his name was Insane. And he's just like, he's the hardest dude you've ever seen. And you're like, what's the worst part? He's like, I miss my family. I miss them. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, if you could say one thing to him, what would you say? He's like, oh, you tell him uh, daddy's coming home. You know? And he's just yeah. like, fuck, man. Stop, stop it. <laughs> stop it. It's, yeah. I mean, once Insane what, starts making What did Insane do? Uh, you know what? I found that it was best to not ask that. I mean, we asked right. it a lot, but uh, I learned it from one of the jailers there that uh, they don't want to know the crime, mm-hmm. you know, because if you want to help someone, you don't want to know about their past. It's all about making them a better person in the future. And so a lot of times I didn't ask what their crime was when mm-hmm. I was talking to them. I was just trying to figure out how to, uh, and a lot of times they're just going to straight up lie to you too, so it doesn't even fucking matter. Mm-hmm. You right, know? right, So, right. you know, like uh, half of the crimes I heard was I was walking down the street. You know, that was like, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. everyone's crime. It's like, no, you were beating someone on the street. Oh, yeah, it's different. I mean, you know, maybe they were like, walking ta- while doing it. I talked to this one guy uh, for a long time, and I was about to say his name, but I decided not to. That's probably and, probably um, best, Dad. Thank you. And uh, he, uh, he, he was in there for assault on his wife, and he claimed he didn't assault her. Uh, he said he was just trying to put some uh, grease on her face, and then someone saw him do that, and then he, went, he got arrested and went to jail. And I was like, well, how many times have you been in jail? And he's like, "Well, this is my third time." I'm like, "What are the other ones for?" And he's like, "Oh, you know, assault on on her." And I was yeah, greasing like, up his wife. And so mm-hmm. I was like, "Well, man, what the fuck, bro?" I was like, "Do you love her?" And he's like, "Yeah." And he went and got all these letters that she's been writing him and stuff like that, and they got kids together. And I was just like, "What do you got to do to stop being abusive? How what, you, like yeah. how can you you know you gotta you gotta stop this?" And he's yeah. like, "I know, man. I know. You know. You know. Sometimes I just get out of control." And then I'm like, "Well, what do you do when you're outside?" He's like, "I'm a machinist." You know, I do all these. And you're like, you're a machinist? Like, it turns out he had like a full college degree and he went through the whole thing and he, he's just being violent. It's like, man, what the fuck? You know, it turns out some of these people like just need the little extra medication. They need the the health, you know, the the health insurance to go out there and, and get some uh, and get some psychiatric help. Right. Because to me, that's, even, you know, psychiatric help can be uh, just as important as physical health. Well, what oh, that is one of the things that uh, really fucked us up bad in the 80s that Reagan fucked up is that he shut down most of the mental health um, hospitals in America. Well, oh, yeah, so Texas, un- too. They were all just released. They were so yeah. They were made into criminals yeah. immediately. They released, mm-hmm. I think, 150,000 uh, mentally ill people because they didn't have enough money to keep them in uh, back in the 80s, and they just, they just were released. 
Yeah. No money. And they just went and started committing crimes because they didn't know any better. They weren't taught by anybody. Right. They were just like abused while they were inside. And then all of a sudden they were free. And then we just had these fucking hyenas running around, you know, like just trying to tear up anything they can get their hands on. Was One of the reasons sense- why crime spiked in the 80s. Was yeah. there a sense that they knew that they were being used for labor? Uh, yeah. Uh, they kind of know, but it was, there's nothing you could do about it. Because a lot of the way they look at it is like, I'm going to do anything I can to get myself out of here faster. And right. so if it's like, if I got to dig a hole for uh, six months straight, I'm going to dig a hole for six months straight. Between between prisoners and uh, end up, uh, N, uh, NCAA basketball players and football players, collegiate athletes, I don't know if there's two more um, uh, abused and used individuals on the planet. Yeah. When it, I mean, this is a billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar business, the NCAA, and, and of course, the prison system is as well. Who was the one guy who uh, played the national championship on a stomach on, on uh, no food in his stomach? Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, those <laughs> stories like are all over afford, the place. He couldn't afford to buy dinner the because night before. The NCAA only like, allows three meals a day for these uh, people who are working out eight hours. But there's yeah, 20 million people watching the game the next day exactly. and he can't afford dinner. Like, that's a crazy thing. Give the kid dinner. It's and then unbelievable. There was that, then the, John Oliver just did a great thing about that. This, by the yeah, way, I don't know if best. you guys got a chance to see. That. I did. Uh, his NCAA, you know, mm. they deserve to get paid. It was great. There was that one incident where a guy got suspended for four games because his mother died, and his coach drove him to the airport and bought him breakfast, and he got suspended for six games or four games because he was got he got an illegal meal. Yeah, oh. he got he got a. It's <laughs> it's, a, it's absolutely oh. ridiculous. So they do. <laughs> so they do have a sense. What uh, we got to wrap it up. Um, but and thank you so much for being here. Oh, man. Number one. Um, well, what else am I going to do? I just want to... Well, I don't know. Go have a fun time. Um, I just want to uh, ask, what is... Would you say, with your experience dealing with the people in jail, um, some are going to go to prison and be there for a long time, some are going to get out. What would you say their political beliefs are? are it, do, is there any sort of... Um, is there any... Is there any what what would you if if I asked a jail person what they felt about An, society what they an felt incarcerated about incarcerated person or a jailer probably they have uh, probably a, an incarcerated person yeah what would they say what what is what is their um, nonviolent drug offenses do not deserve uh, jail time if you're selling it and you're making money off it and you're evading tax on top of doing drugs go to jail but someone who has some fucking heroin in their pocket. I mean, I know it's a horrible drug, but it's if it's just a little bit and it's personal use, yeah. don't put them in jail. Speak for one of them. What? Can you just speak for one of them? You know, just like what? What do you think they would say? What was something that you heard over and over again that is a uh, that is a theme uh, amongst all people who are in jail when it comes to their overall perspective of what society? I'm in here because I don't have two hundred dollars, right, to bail myself out. I don't have two hundred bucks to my name, and so I have to go spend a month in jail and get deeper in debt, right? You know, because I have I don't have this much money. You know, I can't make my four hundred dollar bond, yeah. which is such a small amount of money. But this person has to spend a month inside because he had a little bit of fucking weed on him that doesn't make any sense. It hurts society, it hurts them, it hurts their families, and it hurts uh, the goddamn jail, man. There needs to be less people inside. We should, all jails should become the most boring places in America. There shouldn't, there should be no one inside. There should be no one in there but fucking maniacs. And those people do exist, and they do need to be locked up. Right. You know, but, uh, <laughs> of course. Like, I might be one of them. I'm know, not sure I, yet. I, I'm not speaking for them, but one, another fact I'd love to get you, uh, uh, do you know that there's more uh, prisons and jails in this country than colleges and universities? Cities. And so we're, not we're, surprising. we're actually, we're, we have more people locked up than we're, than we're teaching. And so that's insane. It's crazy. There's, there's more people going to jail than going to college. Why and are so we failing are we, as a country? Why so, are we losing to China? Exactly. It's like, how are we supposed to uh, move further as a society if we're not educating and we're just, you know, limiting everyone? Someone who goes to jail for 30 years, what the fuck are they going to learn? Nothing. You know, they're, they're going to come out and they're going to be worthless. You right. ruin their fucking life. That one guy who just got out uh, death row for 30 years, he just got out. Like, it's like, come on. It's like, why did this take so fucking long? Just open the case back up, do the proper work, yep. and let's, let's just get this done the first time. And then, but you know, when the, when the people are released after 20, 25, 30 years, like you said. They're giving the, nothing. Well, they're given nothing. Occasionally, they'll get a million-dollar settlement, maybe a $3 million settlement. Um, but everyone treats it as if the system has worked. We've, we've, we've found our flaw, and we've released our prisoner. It's they not good one news. prisoner who ruined, you ruined their entire life. You 
you release one person, so you figure there's at least a thousand just like him who are still rotting away for their chance to get out, and it's never going to occur. Was it? I forget how many people are on death row right now, but the the fact that kills me about it to go against my death row stance is that uh, one out of twenty five people on death row are presumed to be innocent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, for me, that's the number one reason why. Because uh, we can never be sure. We can never be a hundred percent. I'm sure. against the death. I mean, I'm just. I'm against the death penalty. I don't think the state should be putting people to death. But I understand uh, your 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 point of view on it. Um, there are a lot of terrible human beings. I can't imagine any fate worse than being in the in, wrapped up in the U.S. prison system. I would rather die than uh, be wrapped up in the U.S. prison system. So I almost think they get away a little bit easy. Mm-hmm. Um, even though these these the cocktails now, now that we're doing the generic cocktails because we refuse to play the we refuse to pay uh, high prices for our drugs that we use to kill people as a state. Um, you know these people are suffering terrible, terrible deaths at the hands yeah. of the government, which I don't think is right. But the the main point of the of the jail special that we took, and obviously I have my own uh, personal uh, beliefs and everything like that and the reason I got involved and all of my beliefs are definitely not the same as everyone who worked on the special uh, you know they're not how the do they, how do they uh, it's not different. the same as Jeff it's not, I think I'm a little more kill them if they're bad type of guy yeah, you know yeah, yeah. but I'm also but then I'm also more pro prisoner than a lot of people you know right. like more like let's help these people so I go both I, I'm an extreme on both sides yeah you know I don't really the, the all I want to do is Anything different than what we're doing now is is kind of my philosophy. It's like, how do we know if it's not going to be better if we're not going to change it? You know, but the whole point of the special and the show that we made was that it's just a time to make these people feel like human beings again, to make them remember what it was like to be outside and to have a good time and to enjoy your life. And if you give them a little slice of happiness, maybe they'll want to continue being happy. You know, and if you treat it and if you keep breaking them down and you keep making them sad and you keep making them depressed, you know what they're going to be when they get out? They're going to be fucking sad and depressed. You know, so if you could do anything you can to lighten their day or lighten, you know, just do anything nice for these people. If you know someone who's in jail, write them a letter man uh you know though it would mean the world to him go see him it only takes a couple hours of your day and it and it changes their week it changes their month you know so if you go out there and even if you barely know them they appreciate it yeah i agree with you ed i think this special is unbelievably powerful it's great it is such an important step in the right direction it's uh you know and it couldn't come from a better person than of course you and jeff ross who is considered relatively apolitical i think ironically this is one of the most political specials i've ever seen i would put this on par with lenny bruce um but we're not really saying much but what but you are but you are, and that's that's the great thing about it. You know, it's yeah. a, it's a genius special that is. Uh, I think it's going to open a lot of people's eyes, and like you were saying, that it humanizes the prisoners, and that's what we have to do. And uh, and yeah, I, yes, go reach out to the folks in jail, and we'll uh, definitely going to address a lot of issues. June thirteenth, eleven p.m. Comedy Central. Yep. Uh, we don't know the name of the special yet, but yeah. it's going to be. Uh, I'm pitching doing time. Oh, that's I love doing time. Yeah, Jeff Ross doing time live at Brazos County Jail. That's, that's what I'm pitching. I hope it makes it. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. There's a lot of other. Uh, we got like 15 things, and no one can make a decision. But uh, that's I think my, doing I, time is good. That's mm-hmm. my that's my vote. That's my vote. I yeah, hope yeah. it stays. All right. Now you can find Eddie on Twitter. He's at Eddie Tunes, and then there's an uh, what an underscore in that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Marcus Parks on Twitter. I'm Ben Kissel on Twitter. Fo- uh, follow us on Facebook, the Ableton's Top Hat Group, and uh, of course you can email Cave Comedy Radio at any time if you have any thoughts. And uh, yeah, we'll just. Uh, We'll talk Come to you see uh, Ben and I's show first Thursday every month. Uh, too fat over at the Grand in Williamsburg. That's right. Um, all right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon.